0: you'd assume that all was right in the world looking at U.S. equities, which are up quite a bit again today, but it's the sentiment that's not echoed in the bond markets. we we'll look at the reason behind this dichotomy. Uh, the data today hasn't been particularly strong except for corporate earnings, but the macro stuff, not so good. And oil is still rising. Inventories are down and some important numbers today, including the Fed's preferred measured measure of inflation for the United States. Uh, we'll hang out for that. It's Friday, the 27th of May, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, look at this, two days in a row now with shares on the rise in the United States. And big moves at that, a 2.6% uh, rise in the Nasdaq, held by Amazon, Tesla and Facebook. And Snap, uh, previously oversold, obviously earlier in the week, uh, up almost 11% this morning. 1.9% for the S&P 500, 1.6% for the Dow, almost 1.7% for the Eurostox 50, 1.6% for the DAX and 0.6% for the FTSE 100. No such action in the bond markets, though, at least in the United States. Ten-year Treasury yields are pretty flat. Uh, but up six basis points for 10-year gilt yields, five for 10 years in Germany. We've seen a small fall in the US dollar against a 0.4% rise in the euro. The Canadian dollar is up 0.3%, a quarter percent rise in the pound. The Aussie dollar is looking pretty flat against the US dollar, uh, sitting just below 71 US cents, and the yen up 0.2%. And oil well up this morning, 3.2% on WTI, just below $114. 3.1% for Brent, around $117. Iron ore is down today but that is partially correcting the rise that we saw yesterday. So everything is up, then down, then up. Uh, And Gavin Friend is up and joining me today from uh, NAB in London. We haven't seen him for a few weeks. Uh, Welcome back, Gavin. Look, we're we're back to seeing some uh, positive sentiment in equity markets again today because of retail earnings. I mean, forget about Walmart and Target. Uh, We've just had Macy's and Dollar Tree upping their projections. So U.S. consumers, obviously not too concerned about rising prices. Uh, They're prepared to spend, which means they've got money to burn or they don't think inflation is going to be that bad. Either way, shares are well up again.
1: Yes, good morning, Phil. As you say, um, decent outlooks really from U.S. retailers. You mentioned the names there, Macy's, Dollar General, um, some of the airlines, Southwest JetBlue, Tesla was up, Amazon boosted the NASDAQ. But we know Sentiment on stocks will wax and wane, especially as the Fed continues to tighten policy. I'm guessing that the the pullback in US yields, you know, which has been notable versus its peer group recently, um, there hasn't been much of a move as you as you alluded to on Treasury yields on the day. Um, but if you look at mortgage yields in the US, the 30-year mortgage, the average 30-year yield uh, has dropped from five and a quarter last week to 5.1 that's the second slide in a row it's the biggest drop in two years um maybe there's a you know there's there's some assistance there but of course the caution is we know i mean mortgage rates are up sharply from what just above three percent at the end of last year and we know what's driving that you know though the um and what's driving the pullback in yields? And this is, you know, some of the weaker data that's coming through in the US patches of it's the caution over how to interpret the very hawkish Fed and what that's going to do to the economy. We know that the housing data in the US is starting to crack more noticeably. Recall on Tuesday, uh, US new home sales for April were down nearly 17% on the month. Mortgage rate, mortgage applications were down. Um, they're down, what, four, nearly on, on track for five months in a row. They're down 25% or so. You three month annualize, it's down nearly 50%. You know, as the higher rates there t- uh, is starting to bite. On Thursday, we saw US as another section of housing data from the US. The pending home sales, they fell four percent, all but sort of double the consensus. The sixth decline in a row. The read through here is is that this has got further to go. I mean, this is this is part of what the Fed's you know designing really. It's it, and you can see how you know over time this will feed through to attendant industries, construction, the whole DIY uh, industry. And I think it's interesting is, you know, one of the things that's kind of reportedly been positive uh, over the last couple of days is the takeaway from the Fed minutes that we saw 24 hours ago from the meeting early in May on the 4th of May, that there was no mention there of 75 basis points tightening. I mean, that's completely consistent with what Chair Powell said in his press conference at the time on the 4th, you know, when asked, he was talking about, 50 basis points being on the table for the it June and July matter, meetings. It doesn't, but
0: doesn't matter if you have 75 or not. If you've got 50, 50, 50, bang, 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 then, uh, you know, you get the, you get the same effect, don't you? But doesn't it, doesn't it sound as though, you know, the softening is already happening? You just gave a, a whole catalogue there. Yeah. A lot of it driven by housing. It's not just housing. As you're saying, we're seeing it, uh, we're seeing it everywhere else. So we had the estimate on US GDP, uh, downgraded slightly to minus 1.5% for, uh, for the last quarter. Uh, so, you know, w- and it seems like every day we're getting softer data coming out of the United States. So, it's, I mean, it, it, maybe it's already happening. It's a twin, it's a pin, it's a pincer movement, isn't it? I mean, I think you've got some softer data. The ISM
1: services, I think, um, will be very interesting next week. We had the PMI services this week, which were surprisingly low. Um, the housing market is there. Um, and at the same time, we've got this jawboning from Powell. He, he has no choice. Inflation at 8%. And given, you know, what he has pledged to the American people, which was that the Fed is very attentive to high levels of of inflation, it has the tools and it's expeditiously going to act to get that down, you know, he... Even if he is encouraged by what he sees in terms of some of the softening of the numbers, he can't go there—not with eight percent. And so, until we start to see things, you know, cracking a bit further, we start to see inflation coming down. I think just coming back to that housing thing, I think it's interesting that the minutes didn't mention at all anything about what's going on in the housing market. So I would be looking at those minutes in a backward way and thinking that surely the minutes and what we're going, to, what the Fed, the FMC is going to be discussing when they meet on the fifteenth of June is is not that far away, um, is going to be very much about what's going on in housing. And so, you know, to to your point about whether there's a discussion brewing about whether, um, you know, they might be thinking of, you know, they need to go 50 and 50. Is there going to be a 25 in the middle? That's going to be front and centre to that. You're already seeing comments from, you know, he's he's a non-voter this year, but yesterday um, Raphael Bostic from the Atlanta Fed you know, came out with that line that even a fire truck with sirens blaring slows down at the the lights. You know, I mean, that's... (laughs) That's that's, that's, that's
0: that's a term I heard today was muscular gradualism. So you go uh go tough and then you you stop for a while and then you you flex up again. I I must admit, I've been practising muscular gradualism at the gym for years and let me tell you it doesn't work but uh, that's the expression that's been used so what about that compared to what's happening in europe then because we've got the uh, the rise in the euro against the u.s dollar that's been a thing lately it's been edging up since the middle of the month from below 1.04 to 1.07, the, the cross rate is up 0.4% today. So I, I guess that is because we're, we're, we're seeing the, uh, you know, perhaps a question mark over how, how quickly for the Fed, but also we're seeing the, you know, the, the, uh, EU, uh, sorry, the ECB, I should say, sort of solidifying their positions a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, on the day, I wouldn't read too much in what's going on. There's not a huge move in currencies or, or yields. Mm. You know, the, 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 The my point is it doesn't really, doesn't, (laughs) doesn't really reflect what's going on in equities. But to you, to your point, there is, um, this pullback in the dollar. It's a bit fitful. It, it it ebbs and flows, but it's there and it's based on the discussion, which is that there's been quite a sort of a, an unwinding or repricing of what the Fed will do as some of these, uh, softer data numbers come through, or as people worry about the implications of what the Fed's tough message. Uh, you know, some people have the view that the Fed has got no choice; it's just going to keep going on, and that's thereby going to cause a recession. So you've got you've got those two things playing on. On the other side, you've got the ECB, um, which they're all on message now mm. um, that the the, the the normalization process QE will end. Uh, in June or early July, and the normalization process away from zero interest rate policy uh, that thing that has, you know, been like a millstone around the eurozone's neck in terms of investment, anyway, and those kinds of things will will be will be moving away as we go through the next three months with the first rate hike starting in in July. And the question on the market's lips now is: I think, you know, would they go fifty basis points in July? And we don't we don't think so. We think that'll be a that be they don't so. need to go that hard, mm. but they certainly can. You know, there's a line on the from the hawks that basically says. If the thing, if the war in Ukraine gets worse and we've got the stagflation issue coming through, higher prices but lower output, then the window to raise rates may not be open for very long. We've got to crack on with it. And that's why there's a sense of urgency. And that's why the market is moving to sort of, to cer- to certainly two hikes, but probably three hikes this year. And then we'll see what goes on. We'll see what goes on with the war in Ukraine. We'll see what goes on with the oil embargo. Yeah, but Europe is that going to happen? Get through. Yeah. So, well, you know, hung- hu- Hungary is holding out. Mm. And um, it, it looks at the moment like um, it's going nowhere. Um, and if that's the case, um, I mean, it's not good in terms of, you know, what, you, what Europe and what the Western Alliance is trying to do to sort of pull Russia in on this. But there will be a lot of corporates, a lot of households um, breathing a sigh of relief if that doesn't go through because one of the offsets of it would be that surely if you're going to hit Russia where it really hurts, that's the big, oil is the big yeah. revenue. Well, they're making more money uh, out.
0: making more money than ever out of... Uh,
1: Indeed, of, more than they do from gas. Yeah. And so you, you'd have to, surely there's a chance then if that were to happen, the oil embargo, that Russia would react in kind mm. and do something on the gas. And so if that isn't going to happen, You know, there'll be a bit of a sigh of relief. I think that 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 may have ramifications for inflation and growth in the eurozone. It's
0: not going to impact Russia and and policy. It's not going to impact Russia. It's not going to stop the war, is it? And that's and the, the the war going on is is obviously not going to help Europe ultimately. But I mean, a very small sign of rationing coming in in Spain. Public buildings now, by government decree today, you cannot turn your air conditioning. Below twenty-seven degrees, uh, so uh, that I don't know whether that'll make any difference, but it's it's a start, isn't it? So, what about uh, the windfall tax in the UK? the The tax that they said they wouldn't introduce uh, because you know the argument was it was going to stop investment, but uh, I think they've realised, haven't they, that uh, there's too many people struggling, and uh, the idea that there's uh, energy companies that are benefiting uh, through no design of their own uh, from uh, ri- uh, rising energy prices they should pay to help uh, compensate for the people who are struggling. So, uh, uh, you know, quite a strong set of fiscal measures coming from Rishi Sunak today.
1: Yeah, 15 billion uh, windfall. That's going to be paid, as you say, by um, a 25% energy uh, a, a increase in energy profits. So from 40% to 65%. It's not a one-off. It'll raise about 5 billion in the first year. It's a multi-year thing. And, and to your point, it, it was needed because... You know, there there will be millions of people in the UK. The UK is facing the, you know, the the biggest hit to real income since the 1950s and millions of people will not be able to afford energy prices that will go up on average from around about a thousand pounds or just above a thousand pounds to nearly three thousand pounds. It's just not sustainable. So the government finally stepped in where it needed to. And um the question I suppose really I mean as welcome as it is is well what happens next year? Because it's it's for, for, for you know it's not clear whether the you know what's going to happen for consumers next year. It doesn't help businesses. Um it will, of course, for CPI for inflation in the UK, you know, if your average bill isn't going to be two thousand 2800 it's going to be 2400 then all else equal inflation will be lower yeah but of and, course, and, and spending is, should, and
0: spending should be helped because those people on lower incomes who would well, be spending nothing problem, at all isn't it? would be. The, 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 yeah, the inflation there is there going in to go the, from the top end, though, isn't it? I mean, the p- people at the bottom end who are, are struggling to survive can now go shopping at Lidl and all the discount stores, not necessarily pushing prices up. It's people at the uh, the higher incomes who could have the more influence if their demand doesn't wane. But they seem, you know, it seems like their demand probably isn't getting hit too hard because they've all got savings.
1: Mm, yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, but it's it's uh, whatever you say. Look at the service sector BMIs in. UK earlier this week, 58, uh, 58.9 to 51.8. We're almost down through boom and bust. Confidence is collapsing. And um, I, I can't see, as good as they are, these measures today, I think um, you know the, the, the combination of this, the tax rises that are already hitting the consumer and businesses, um, it's still, it's still going to be a very tough period ahead. So the idea that people are going to go out and spend more and push up inflation anyway, Unlikely. I'm, I'm slightly sceptical. Yeah, yeah.
0: So Australia, uh, not immune to uh, cuts in growth in investment anyway, because private capex is down in Q1. That really wasn't expected, was it? And much of that is being different by building and uh, structures. So I guess that, it, you know, is rising interest rates to be part of that. Uh, but the expectat- expectations are looking strong. So it's a short-lived thing. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, private capex is still above pre pandemic levels. So we're not in the same territory as many other parts of the world, are we? But anyway, we've got Aussie retail sales today. Do we have a handle on where that's going to go?
1: Yeah. So the consensus is 1%. My colleague Tappas Strickland has gotten 0.8%, but acknowledges that the risks are on the upside following, you know, very strong growth in Q1. We're up nearly 3% Q on Q, not long terms up over one percent in uh, real terms you know price increases are, are broad-based according to you know what we what we find in the NAP business survey so um it should be a strong outcome, really
0: right and some big numbers from the united states today personal spending uh, is out so uh yep yeah, you know i think that's a key measure right now isn't it and uh, linked to that the core pc deflator which is the fed's preferred inflation measure and uh, perhaps a little less important but still you know good to know uh consumer sentiment from the university of michigan
1: yeah i think um you know we we know that um, uh, CPI has started to tentatively roll over. This is the the core PCE is the one that the Fed watches, and what we're going to get from from today for the next three months is 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 the base effect showing itself. So 0.6 percent month on month increases um, for the next three months are going to drop out of the equation, and they're going to be replaced by something like 0.3. All else equal, um, that's going to happen again in. Q4 this year. And so your annual rate, which is running at 5.1%, is going to be something like three and change by the end of the year unless anything else happens. So it's that kind of thing that's going to encourage or, or kind of lessen some of the anxiety that markets have about where inflation is going. They'll have a firmer idea as we go through the next two or three months at least that these base effects things are actually working, and I, I guess on the day it plays to the idea that maybe the Fed doesn't need to go as hard. So we could see some repricing again, for, you know, in terms of uh, where where the Fed is going um, this year in line with what we've seen um you know over the last few sessions that'll be interesting to watch
0: more gradualism less muscular uh, which as i say is has been my approach to the gym uh good to have you back on uh, i don't know where you've been gavin but it's good that you're back again uh, we'll talk to you again very soon thank you good stuff thanks phil and that's it another week on the morning call i'm phil dobby for now back again brian early monday morning see you then thanks for listening